the Gen 6 a slightly larger screen will complete you emotionally in ways I never could. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spore the Warning podcast. This is review number 517 with a review of Next Gen. I'm Christopher Schnazy. And I'm Stephen Miller. And if you're joining us for the first time... Wait, wait, wait. And I'm delusional. <laughs> and if you're joining us for the first time, the Spore the Warning podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week in the show, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest film releases coming to a theater near you this week. We're coming to an internet streaming platform near you with the Netflix original film Next Gen, um, which, uh, I mean, if we're all honest, getting a little Big Hero 6 vibes when you watch this trailer. A little? Yeah. <laughs> Just a little. Tad, tad bit. Um, but, I mean, like, we were both huge fans of Big Hero 6. Yep. We were big fans of Big Hero 6. And... Uh, it's like, why, why not? Why not? This, right. this looked like a fun uh, film. Like, who doesn't want to see John Krasinski as, like, a um, robot Baymax wannabe hybrid? Um. <laughs> right? I mean, it's... Yeah, yeah, sure. Why would anyone not want that? <laughs> I just... It, it seemed like a thing that would be right up anybody's alley. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, so we saw it. Um, this is the third review that we're doing for this weekend. Earlier in your feeds, if you haven't seen them yet... There's a review of A Simple Favor, and then also a review of The House with a Clock in Its Walls, which takes incredible effort on my side to not say The Clock with a House in Its Walls. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, I'm not going to tell you what I hear every time I say it. You've told me what you hear every time we say it, Stephen, and not for children. Mm -hmm. Um, But yes, we're here to talk about this film. Are you ready and excited. I was born ready and excited. Oh boy! Gonna <laughs> record an episode! <laughs> I'm sorry. The, the, door, the door to the studio had to scream at us for a second uh, as I got excited for us getting ready to record this episode. This is Momo's house! Oh, yes. We are going to do this right now. We're going to take a listen to the trailer for Next Gen, and we're going to come back and give you this amazing review. Mm. (laughs) Welcome to IQ Robotic. Ladies and gentlemen, are you ready to see the next big thing? Let's hear it for the new Gen 6! I love you! It's cool. You love robots more than you love me. What's that, honey? All children must be accompanied by an adult. You're coming with me, young lady. Nope. Whoa. Hello. Maybe we could try and be friends. You're gonna stay here tonight. Not you, Momo. I knew that. You judging me, bruh? You being here is like the best thing that happened to me. Why would you put weapons in a robot? Something terrible is about to happen. Ah! Holy mother of toast! 7723 is our only hope. We're 
there's way too much injustice in the world. Together, we can fix it. I promise I got your back. <gasps> no! He's so cool! What do you call him? My friend. Alright, so that was the trailer for Next Gen. It is the story of a young girl um, who, uh, you know, much like a lot of the parenting slash children's stories that we've seen in this film, it's a, it's a girl whose father is not in the picture currently. Um, and she lives in a society that is kind of governed by machines, right? Not, not governed by machines, but like basically machines, everything is a machine. Mm -hmm. Like the bowl of instant noodles that you make is its own, noodle own time. self. <laughs> noodle time. <laughs> does whatever a noodle time does. I don't, I don't even remember what happens next. <laughs> um, but basically, like even, even the bowl of instant noodles that you make for a snack uh, is a sentient little creature that will jump around and carry its own chopsticks. And if when you're done eating it, if you just leave it out, it dives in a trash can. Um, mm -hmm. This is a world with robots everywhere. Every person has their own little... Uh, robot companion that uh, talks to them, does their deeds around the house. Everybody, like, everyone in society has a freaking robot. A Q-bot. And uh, this little girl um, stumbles on to one machine that's not the normal robot that everybody else has and uh, is at first annoyed by it trying to follow her around because it's just been booted up and uh, she's like, who's this John Krasinski motherfucker that just follow me around all the time? And then, uh, yeah. She befriends this robot, and then things happen, and the story progresses from there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it was a long-winded way of saying, Stephen Miller, what did you think of Next Gen? I'm still trying to figure out what exactly I thought about it. One thing I can say for sure, the humor of this movie was so on point and surprising, given the fact that it was just this random Netflix movie I'd never heard of before. Yeah. Like, I don't know who... Can you tell me who this movie was made for? Because I don't think it was made for kids. I, it was made by the algorithm at Netflix. Yeah. It was literally like, hmm, what are people watching? Oh, all of these people doing all of these things. Mm -hmm. And also people like robots and also people like children and also people like dogs and also like people being ri rival children and also like people like the future. And it was just like, let's make a movie with all of these things mm -hmm. and then put some effort into it. Yeah, yeah I, I, I would say they genuinely put effort into this movie i mean like like you got david cross in this you got jason sudeikis you got michael pina as a dog with so many funny 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 moments yeah. with all of these people like i laughed out loud many times sitting alone uh, watching this last night i released the pina tapes i want the yeah. uncensored oh uh, yeah <laughs> lines lines of dialogue uh for for people who haven't watched the films yet michael pina plays this little dog who swears like a motherfucker <laughs> <laughs> but nobody except for the robot understands dog speak. Yeah. So they don't know. And we get it bleep for us, the viewers at home. Yeah. Um, but I, I want to hear the real stuff that he's saying. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and there are other funny bleepy moments, too. Like there's one where the the mom starts fighting somebody and she's being bleeped, too. And it's like bleep, bleep, inbred, bleep, bleep, man bun, bleep. Like, <laughs> like, I, like I don't know who it was. When I looked at this movie, I thought it was a kid's movie, right? Like, it seems like a kid's movie. But the the comedy of it, like, 
is not targeting kids, I don't think, at all. And not just in that way where, like, a kid's movie has, like, a little bit extra for the adults. I feel like this movie was made for at least, like, a high schooler, right? Like, somebody who is, like, gonna enjoy the irreverent... Yeah. So, and, like, the... I mean, it's made for the people who liked Chappie. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> and, and the things that this movie is taking down, too, like, it's having a lot of fun at Apple, right? Like, it's definitely enjoying the idea of us being, like glued to our screens or our quote robots in this new world and like some of the di- one of my favorite lines early on the first time when i was like oh this might be a really funny movie is when um the mom is like i i think she's played by constance Wu, but maybe she plays someone else i, I don't remember i don't remember the character names so it's hard to look at imdb now yeah. um but anyway the mom is on an escalator with the daughter and she's talking about how excited she is for the new new generation cubot yeah. and then like her existing uh, Cubot is like, oh, that's cool. The the Gen Six is slightly larger screen will complete you emotionally in ways I never could. <laughs> I was like, holy shit! Yeah. What what movie am I watching right now? This is like, this is funny. Now, what else is it? I I don't totally know. You, you mentioned that you think an algorithm created it, and like, one hundred percent. And it feels that way because there's a lot of stuff here that is like. Sometimes moving and sometimes Uncanny Valley, like almost the normal moving movie. Like yeah. the soundtrack is one example. Um, there are times when I hear the soundtrack and I'm like, this is hitting me. Like, yeah, the- you're like, this is nailing yeah, this. Yeah, this is nailing it. It's hitting me in all the right ways. I can't believe, like, I, I assume this wasn't a very high budget movie. That's just my, like, assumption. Yeah. But though clearly they could hire, like, grade A I voice actors. I don't know. Actors. This looked fucking great, though. Mm-hmm. Like, no, it the, looked beautiful. The, yeah. The, 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 I, like you, you can see there, lazy there's like hair that wasn't rendered, obviously, but like most of it is very good looking. But but there's scenes where like so much shit is happening mm-hmm. just on in the frame that you're watching, and there's layers to the city, and it's just like, like it it this didn't feel like a cheap movie at all. To yeah, me. yeah, like the soundtrack felt very on point until sometimes you would like kind of listen a little more, and and it would sort of be like that scene in Team America or something where you're like. Wait, is this song about having a montage? <laughs> like, <laughs> just a little bit where they, where they had like this cute this girl singing kind of like covers of other songs, and it it like worked, but not a hundred percent. And like the emotional beats of this movie, it really like it really lands some of it. It's about a daughter who has she has anger that is pent up because of what happened to her father, which we never totally get to understand, but you know we still have a lot to a lot to feel about it, and. Sometimes that feels like really, really, really good. And I felt like, if not teary eyed, at least like emotionally swept up in what was happening. And then other times I'd be like, hmm, something's like a little off about this feeling that I'm supposed <laughs> to have right now. Uh, and like one of the scenes that I thought was one of the more beautiful ones is uh, John Krasinski's robot is shining memories on a skyline. Uh, for he and this girl to watch together. Yeah. And I was like, what is this movie? Yeah. And, and, and that's kind of how I feel in the end is what is this movie? Like it, there, it there, is not doing anything perfectly. There are things, moments where the cracks are shown and I feel like this was made by committee or it was made like just to put, just to make people click that play button. But there's also so much that I think they really actually worked hard on and did a good job with. And I'm, I'm just left kind of bewildered by it. It like it isn't paced well, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. It clearly is like missing some fundamental things yeah. that like the Pixar version would have, but I also really liked it. Yeah, so the 
the budget listed on IMDb, it's <laughs> Chinese. Yeah. Like, so it, it equivalent. It's equivalent of like twenty one million dollars, something like that. Okay. Um. Yeah. So like it was, yeah. Some effort gone into it. Sure. Um. But but yeah. So I I had a lot of fun with this film. Um. I mean those those like heartwarming slash tugging moments. There's there's a moment at the end of this film which you know the whole film is is leading up to mm-hmm. it's not a surprise and it works you know anyway. it's happened it yep. works so it well it really works so well and it lasts for so long in the middle of it i'm like fuck you movie i know what you're doing and then i was still like yeah. <laughs> i mean that, that's how like the whole john krasinski character feels you know what it's he's like he's like baymax cranked up a little bit where he's yeah. like even more overtly sweet from the get-go he's like i have your back <laughs> I want to be your friend, and I'm like, but th- I'm so, not crying, John. You're crying. So, so for me, here's the thing that here here's the here's the thing that makes me uncomfortable about mm-hmm. this film. Like, it's not it's not just the, like I don't know who this is for, and I don't know what it's doing. It's that the unintentional, strange in world politics of this film bug me because this girl is a freaking murderer. Oh yeah. She, there are sent everything you touch is a sentient creature, and the first hour of this film is her murdering robots left and right, just freaking, <laughs> like, it's insane. Mm-hmm. It's like, she's like, oh, I'm mad about my dad slash family relationship. Ooh, I found a robot. Kill the kill, kill the instant noodles. I, I think, kill the mailbox. Kill this. And it's I like, think this movie wants you to believe that John Krasinski's robot is the first truly sentient one in this world. I uh, think that is what it wants you to buy into, and well, that's, that's kind of no, what some bits second that, at the, best. Uh, that the Wozniak <laughs> character is like hinting at in this movie. I just it, it's it it but either way it bugged me in a way right because. The the robot she uses it to get back at people who aren't robots, right? Like it's a thing where the this film is sort the thesis of the film is kind of like if people are mean to you, you just need to get a big robot to be mean back to them, right? It, it, it's yeah. like in, Iron Giant, you know, in a but it, but like in a world where like we deal with people taking out their their aggression and their like rejection from society and terrible ways that like cause harm to other people on the planet this film has like a weird message like it's celebrate like she is like john krasinski's uh robot doesn't have he doesn't he's he's a blank slate and he doesn't know that what he's doing is wrong and he starts to kind of feel like huh maybe i don't blow things up yeah (laughs) like but like he has no there's there's no character who is a moral center and we literally never, ever, ever over the course of this movie at any point in time have any character say that her actions were wrong. I, I feel like his character, I feel like that arc is definitely there of like him being like, you shouldn't do this. Why are you angry? Where is this coming from? And the way that she reconciles with other characters in this universe who like were the brunt of that before. I feel like the movie is trying to do that at least like. I agree. I don't think it succeeds very well at that, but I definitely think like it's trying to do a where the wild things are, right? Of like I, a person who's given free reign, who has anger, lash out at their anger, and eventually it like that psychoanalysis becomes about like why are you hurting? Don't you need something else instead? Like I feel like that that bend is there. It just isn't finessed very well. I I, I just I. To me, it feels weird. It would be like if this was a story of 
a child who just goes around the city smashing car windows, mailboxes, tagging things. This, she literally tags things. Mm-hmm. And she's just being a horrible hoodlum. And then at the end of the movie, like, there's a bad guy who she has to help fight. And suddenly she's the good good girl, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it, it just feels weird. Something, it, it like, from the very opening, it wasn't just like, hey, let's shoot signs off the side of the hill over there because like blowing stuff up is cool it was literally like she's a monster and nobody really takes her down from that and even john trazinski's character doesn't he starts to feel uncomfortable and he takes actions to prevent himself from being uncomfortable but he never said like he's like i don't want to do this he's not like you shouldn't do this like Mm -hmm. it just it, it felt it felt like a weird like politic for that character Mm. and i just i didn't i didn't like the way it made me question the why i should root for this girl Mm -hmm. um and it takes literally (laughs) like a threat to all of existence an extinction extinction level why can i not say that word extinction level i'm having a stroke (laughs) (laughs) an extinction level event yeah to to make her come around and be like you know what maybe i don't want to burn the world down like she goes from being the joker to batman like in the course of the last 20 minutes of the film Mm -hmm. but like up until that moment she was joker like she just wanted to watch the world burn and it just I, i don't know there's something about that that really really bugged me um that being said this film is really awesome. <laughs> like everything else about it is great. Uh, yes, the robot is just Baymax, but less cuddly. Um, but he still has like the bigger Baymax head. He's like Baymax, the guidance counselor. Or something. Yeah, and, and, and it's like he's great. And I I love the conceit of he's damaged. He only has so much more memories. Mm-hmm. He's a new robot, so all he's doing he's he's basically Johnny Five, right? Yeah. He's like need input, and he's just but instead of reading books, he's like trying to watch the world and every night he has to sit there and try to figure out what that he's consumed is not worth saving Mm -hmm. because if he runs out of memory then friggin chappy style is gonna just die or something like that like we don't know what'll happen um and i just i really that worked so well for me like the the sense of uh like friggin um in uh uh swiss army man right Mm -hmm. swiss army man Essentially, Daniel Radcliffe, this corpse, is like this robot. Right? Learning he's the like world a, from scratch. He, yeah. yeah, he's a blank slate. He's learning everything. And this person is the one teaching him the world, except for he keeps everything, right? Mm-hmm. But this, this like Baymax wannabe Daniel Radcliffe character is, is like literally having to decide how does this individual emotion make me feel, shred it, save it. And it's, yeah. it's like a, it's a really interesting concept of how we go about our world and we like take certain events and like these are what have meaning to me and make me feel warm and i'm going to keep those and these things that made me feel weird or maybe we're unimportant i'm going to throw away and like you know the way that comes in later there's almost like this uh eternal sunshine of the spotless mind sort Mm -hmm. of thing that's happening like later on in the film I, i just it was it was a really imaginative way to talk about the good and the bad of what characters are in memory and and how we choose to keep what memories that we do. And, and the specific analogy to like a a child losing their father in, in ways that again I don't I, I we get a little montage at the very beginning, but I don't think we ever really get closure on what happened there. Yeah. But we know that she's angry and she blames him for leaving. And that's kinda like the central thing is like, why was I why was I left? Like I'm alone in this world, so I'm gonna act like I'm alone. Yeah. And this like this robot just becomes this like 
this thing for her to project all of her angst to in in a way that I just found very interesting. And like this idea that she needs to learn through a robot showing her what it looks like when all of his memories are just her and her having to deduce like that can't be all there is. Like you need your own thing too. Yeah. Like at, there are like it's, hints where like some really smart people like yeah. wrote this movie. It's like, yeah, it, it, it's a little bit of freaking uh, uh, inside out. Yeah, for right? sure. Like it's, it's um, it, yeah, I, it, it's doing a lot of things and yeah, I just had, I had a really fun time with that aspect yeah. of it. I, I just like, like when you mention all the mayhem, right? That that is where I feel like the the arc of this movie and the pacing is just really odd because there is like a long stretch of time where it's just like her like cut from one scene to another of her wrecking things and that is just like the whole bit of the movie. Yeah, and we haven't really learned enough about her for us to need that yet. Like that doesn't feel gratifying. And the moment when she kind of learns that she went too far is like too sudden. And yeah. the the way she behaves when all the kind of bigger pivotal events happen in this movie, yeah. she's kind of like angry at the robot in ways that are very illogical, but maybe that's like supposed to be like teenage logic and it's trying to relate to kids by like showing them here's an extreme version of what you might be feeling right now. Like this might be, won't you be my neighbor? Like I don't know yet. Like it. <laughs> It, it feels yeah, like yeah. it's doing... If he was going around murdering people. It just feels like it's, like, such yeah. a... I, I can't get past the Where the Wild Things Are reference of, like, the the mayhem and the chaos, like, being really big and heightened. It's, like, but, building monsters in your mind but and so, getting to smash stuff and getting to be, like, really, really angry. And then, like, it all only kind of makes sense in an emotional logic, not in a real logic. But, like, so, so to compare it to Big Hero 6, which we have been... Um, minor minor spoilers for Big Hero Six for a moment that like it just really I thought was really really brilliantly handled. Um, so Baymax, uh, the John Krasinski stand-in for that film, is uh, he's programmed to want to protect and make uh, the main kids uh, feel better. Right? He's trying to help him both emo- emotionally and physically with whatever is messing with him. Right? Mm-hmm. And there's a point where there is, I don't even exactly remember who's there, but it's, there's a bad guy there. And the kid is trying to get Baymax to kill this person. Mm-hmm. And he's out of control. Everyone else is scared of him. And he's just like, Baymax, open your access port. Do you want me to terminate Professor Callahan? Just open. Will terminating Professor Callahan improve your emotional state yes uh, no i don't know open your access is this what tadashi wanted it doesn't matter tadashi programmed me to aid him tadashi's gone in that moment he's like fuck like baymax is just a computer who's like my job is to do this killing that man if that accomplishes that i will do it for you like essentially is is kind of what's going on there Mm -hmm. and he like in that moment he realizes that he's out of control and he's being bad and that killing this person is not the right thing to do. And like in this film, we don't have that. And that's just like more. We we have that moment hypothetically. It's just the logic behind it isn't John Krasinski isn't saying I will do this if it makes you happy. It's he's been pushed and pushed and pushed. And he says, we can't do this. Think, look at it. And, like, that that's kind of the breaking point. But, like, there's a similar moment that is a breaking point in this movie. I just think it speaks to how Big Hero 6 obviously did it in a way more cleverly written way. Where, yeah. it like, 
Big Hero 6 built a whole world. Like, San Francisco is amazing. Yeah, this, yeah. this movie does not do that, of course. But this it, movie kind of, like... The, it has a visual style that I think is really cool, and the world is interesting there, but you just can't look at it hard enough. I think it, like, it falls apart if you stare at it too long, There's maybe. no, There's no time. But there are little things that, like, somebody was having fun building this world, at least mm-hmm. the, the people who are doing the physical designing of it. Like, there, there's a shot, there's an establishing shot, and in front there's this pipe. And these two square robot boxes are going at, like, a million miles an hour, and they're about to collide, and they immediately stop one mm-hmm. rotates to the bottom of the bar and then they both continue at a million miles an hour. And it's like, that's like two machines interacting. To, like, right. That's a, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like pathfinding in real time by these like two machines on this bar. It adds nothing to the film except for like somebody was like, yeah, what, what about little boxes that travel on high speed rails? And like, how would you have multiple of them on the rail at the same time? Oh, well they would stop. And like yeah. little things like that were happening that were interesting. Um, some of it was just for jokes, like, why does your door need to be alive? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it doesn't. Um, but I think other things, like little little touches here and there about what people are doing. It just, it was, I, I had a good time with it. Yeah. No, it, it, it definitely was fun. Can I tell you about my experience of watching the beginning of this movie? Because I kind of <laughs> had one of those moments where I glimpsed into what might have been a better version of this movie. Did um, you accidentally start playing Big Hero 6? No, no, no. So- <laughs> burn um no so i started watching this movie um and you know i was using my apple tv everything was working great like i saw the whatever the duration come up like the the screen was on audio starts and the picture is black and we're hearing noises slowly coalescing into the sound of parents fighting and a father kind of saying like I can't take this anymore. I have to do this. I was thinking like, this is a movie where she is a baby. She hasn't really like opened her eyes (laughs) and become conscious yet. All of this is swirling inside of her. And the movie is going to have her open her eyes with like a bright burst of like music and sound. And then there's going to be an analogy to the robot of how it learned the world for the first time. And I was like, this is the best movie. (laughs) You had my Madeline's Madeline moment. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I did. I was like, this is the best kids movie of the year. This is amazing. And then it kept playing and it was still black. And I was like, okay, this seems a little extreme. Like a kid isn't going to follow this. Yeah. And eventually I realized that Netflix, the app was just screwed up and I had to reboot the, the TV yeah. and then it worked. Um, Sad. But for, I wasn't. Though you do kind of get that because you get an explosion of drawings and the aging of the child. Yeah, no, no. Stills. What yeah. I got was still really beautiful too. And I, yeah. I, I thought that was interesting is that it was like. I thought the movie was going to be, quote, artistic or whatever because of, like, a glitch in my TV. And then when I actually watched it, like, I'm not going to say this whole movie is artistic. Again, like, it feels like it was kind of made by committee, too. Like, the, there's a bunch of stuff that doesn't fit right where I don't understand the the genesis of this movie or how the art came or if it's just, like, jerking my chain. It just knows exactly what to show me to make me feel like yeah, yeah. things. Even when I'm like, damn you, movie, I know that is such a cheap emotion you're giving me right now. Give it to me again. Give it to me one more time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, For sure. But there is a lot of artistry here, too. Like, there's a lot of very good concepts. There's a lot of, like, good humor. There's clever analogies. The way it, like, understands children, it is wrong often. And then it's really, really, really right in other places. And it, it feels messy. It, it feels very messy. It reminds me of how I felt when we saw Comet, right? Yeah, yeah. We discovered it on Netflix. And we were like... 
this movie is clearly ripping off a bunch of stuff. And I kind of love it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Going back again to like the things that I really liked about the the people who were designing just the world having fun with that um, was like the the subsystems of the robot, like the weapons that uh, act on their own, like autonomously, right? Like he's kind of just looking around like, huh, who are these police spots chasing me? And then like shoulders just open up. He's like, huh, that's new. And yeah. then it just like, just yep. like wipes everything out. And it's like, that is definitely a predator moment. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. The, those were like, it, 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 those type of things are what kept me, Going like, I don't know if I like this machine just murdering all these things, but it's pretty cool. Yep. <laughs> and I, but, you know, going going back, though, you, you tried to make the claim earlier that uh, you think that certain machines were like the first ones to truly be sentient. Yeah. I feel like these things operate in this weird hive mind. Not not a hive mind, sorry. They operate in this weird, like, they're all sort of, like, independent, but working together. Like, they're like, ah, oh, get them, get them, they're, like, they're all talking to each other. That, like, at the worst, they're like the drones from the prequel Star Wars films, right? Sure. Like, I, I think that they, they are maybe not super intelligent machines, but I feel like they're still sentient in the sense that they probably don't want to die. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. I'll, I'll say, I think most of them are not sentient in the way that they don't want to die. I think most of them don't care. I think yeah. they're more like the the pig in the Hitchhiker's Guide book. Maybe you never... There, there's an animal at a restaurant where he, like, it's a pig and he asks what part of you, well, what part of him you want to eat because he wants nothing more than to be eaten. Like, that was his whole life's work or whatever. Yeah. And these robots kind of feel like that to me where, like, they're meant to be expendable. Like, they don't care. Except there's some character, I think his name is Alfred. He's another robot that's hanging around talking to David Cross. He wants to stay the, alive. The I flying think. one? Yeah, 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 yeah. He wants to stay alive. I'll give you that. Um, but I, don't know, I, I feel like most of them are silly. Like the the toothbrush and the noodles and the Q-Bots are supposed to be very mindless, I think. But I mean, the noodle, when he throws himself in the trash, he definitely seems happy about what he's doing. <laughs> he, he's not like he could just go like, like his eyes could turn into X's and he could just roll into the trash can like a pre-programmed. Like it could be a firmware throw me away versus like a software like, yay. Yeah. Can we talk about the business aspect of this being like, I think it was Alibaba or Tencent or both that like made this clearly was like a Chinese finance movie and it is shitting all over Apple so hard. <laughs> and I feel like it's trying to implant kids like, hey, Apple isn't cool. Buy a, how about you buy like Huawei well, or Xiaomi instead? Well, the problem with that attempt at uh, doing that is every single child watching this movie is watching it on an iPad or their iPhone. Yep, so, <laughs> so eh, I'm not sure your message is getting across there. Mm -hmm. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Good times. Good times. <laughs> I liked how blatant the Apple, like the Steve Jobs and Wozniak thing was in this movie like they were not even trying to hide it for a second like yeah, yeah. that was so obviously what they were going for and it, <laughs> it was very shameless but again who is that for right like I, I not Steve for Jobs a kid a, a kid talk. isn't gonna be like i know wozniak like yeah yeah, yeah. no I, I think it's yeah i don't know it, it, i think they they just wanted to have fun with what they were doing mm -hmm. simple as that so should we get to verdicts sure all right. Stephen Miller, if you're going to give this a must-see, recommend the caveat, wait for rental, pass with the caveat, or a must-avoid, what would you give it? This is the one I've been agonizing over <laughs> the, the whole night. I think this was definitely a movie that was made by committee. The original version of this movie, the plot as just written, is, like, mediocre. And then it got 
amazing punch up by a ton of comedians in a writer's room who were just having a blast with it. And a ton of like emotional punch up. It's like they hired Brad Bird for like a day or two to be like, can you like write like three scenes in this movie for us? <laughs> um, I, and I don't know. I, I'm going to have to like grading it on a curve, right? Because it's a Netflix movie. You don't expect anything. I want to bump it from rental a little bit because I feel like this is like way more ambitious than your average random rental. And it has so many like nuggets to enjoy, even though like, again, I think there's also stuff that's very uncanny Valley. I'm, I'm giving it recommend with a caveat. I think it's like, you're going to have fun watching this movie. You will probably laugh a lot watching it. I definitely did. And that's arguably enough, right? That's already more than I had to do. Yeah. And I think the emotions are good. It's very heightened kid logic, kind of like all the stuff we've talked about tonight have been sort of heightened logic. But I I think it's it's worth celebrating the things that it does right and kind of like holding your nose a bit at the things that it does Netflix instead. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I, I'm going to give it a record of the caveat as well. I mean, I, I had a lot of fun with this film. I think there were genuinely great things in the film. As I said, like the the weird politics of the characters, like motivations and what the first half of this film is are is questionable at best. Um, but I think that the film is doing a lot of stuff. It borrows from a lot, but it has a lot of fun and it does some pretty awesome things visually too. Like some of the like the climactic battle is friggin' rad as hell. <laughs> like it's pretty awesome. Um, so I had a really good time and uh where it goes emotionally at, at the end of the film is really really uh, impactful i think like it's you see it coming it does exactly what you know it's going to do while it's doing it you're still mad that it's doing it but at the same time you're still tearing up and you're like damn so good so good can i give you more context that i just found out about this movie yeah the headline for the search that i came up with was why did Netflix pay $30 million at Cannes for a Chinese animated film called Next Gen? Huh. So it seems like this was a movie that was already made as a Chinese film. And Netflix bought it because they really liked something there. And then they used their like Netflix power to get the English version to have this star voice cast and punch up. And whatever happened wound up being really interesting, but it's weird. Like it, it's like, it wasn't made by committee unless it's like the beautiful animations were made by a passion project. And then like the dialogue, they just made it by committee to get the emotions right. Like, I don't yeah. know. It, it's a really, it's interesting. Huh. I don't know anything anymore. So, something to think about. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's going to be the end of our review for this episode and the end of our reviews for this week. Uh, Stephen Miller, if people want to find you throughout the week, where can they do that? They can go to twitter.com slash sdavidmiller or sdavidmiller.com. People can find me at christopherinreallife.com or twitter.com slash christopherirl. You can find the podcast over at thespoilerwarning.com where you can get a bunch of the back episodes of the show. If you want to subscribe to the show, you can do so in Overcast, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever podcasts are found. Um, if you'd like to figure out when the episodes go live, you can follow us at twitter.com slash spoilerwarning or like us at facebook.com slash thespoilerwarning. If you want to get a hold of us directly, you can send an email to fans at thesportalone.com or you can use the contact form on our site. Music for this episode will come from that soundtrack we were mentioning. Maybe the, like, I can see clearly now cover by that <laughs> Hey and Zang, I think her name is. Oh, uh, yeah. So that music's playing now. Um, we her, her pitch is a little spotty, but she's got heart. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we're going to take off. Hopefully you enjoyed the review. Hopefully you enjoyed 
any of these combination of three movies. <laughs> and uh, we will see you uh, sometime after Steven gets back. <laughs> My ancestors were wolves, bruh.